Playhouse. By means of a secret charm, I am able to draw all creatures living beneath the sun that creep or swim or fly or run after me, so as you never saw. And I chiefly use my charm on creatures that do people harm. The mole and toad and newt and viper. And people call me the Pied Piper. Because the Yuletide season is a mere two weeks away, tonight we thought you'd enjoy a story completely in the holiday mood. Something with a light-hearted grin to it. Well, probably you've heard this fanciful little tale many times since your childhood. But we'll guarantee there's more than a few chuckles awaiting you tonight. One word of warning. If you can't bear the thought of hearing the words of Robert Browning treated lightly, well, you better tune elsewhere for a while. But if you believe, as we do, that the English poet's stature is too great to be harmed by a half hour of good-natured fun, well, then we cordially invite you to listen and laugh as Author's Playhouse presents a special adaptation of Robert Browning's 100-year-old fantasy, The Pied Piper of Hamelin. My name is Robert Browning, and I hope you know me well. A story that is very strange is what I'd like to tell. A story of a man most weird who came to Hamelin, the town in which this tale of ours will very soon begin. Hamelin Towns in Brunswick by famous Hanover City. The River Vaser, deep and wide, washes its wall on the southern side. A pleasanter spot you never spied. But when begins my ditty, almost 500 years ago, to see the town folk suffer so from vermin was a pity. Rats, rats, rats. They fought the dogs and killed the cats and bit the babies in the cradles and ate the cheeses out of the vats and licked the soup from the cook's own ladles. Gosh darn those rats. Something must be done. Rats in one's kitchen just aren't fun. And split open the kegs of salted sprats, made nests inside men's Sunday hats. How can I possibly wear this hat? My darling spouse, will you tell me that? It's the rats, my dear. It's all these rats. We grow lean while they grow fat. They had better do something at once. The mayor, my husband, is a stupid stunt. And even spoiled the women's chats. By drowning their speaking with shrieking and squeaking in 50 different sharps and flats. At last, the people in a body to the town hall came a-flocking. I'm not standing for this anymore. No, neither am I. I'm good and sore. Our mayor does nothing but drink rum toddy. Yes, 
It's quite clear to me. Our mayor's a naughty. To think we buy gowns all lined with ermine for dolts who can't or won't determine what's best to rid us of our vermin. I never know my life does. anything like it. Here comes the mayor and all his men. Yes. Let's ask for help just once again. Yes, let's ask for help. I think we should. Rouse up, sir. Give your brain a racking. You'll find the remedy we're lacking, or sure as fate we'll send you packing. But, but, but we've done everything we possibly could. We've done our jobs in the manner we should. You've not done enough. That's very clear. Better stir yourself. It's election year. Look at the mayor and his corporation quake with a mighty consternation. <laughs> <laughs> An hour they sat in their council room, hearing the clock as it ticked their doom. At length, the mayor, with hair unkempt, stood up and made one more attempt. We must try something completely new. The question is, what shall we do? We lose our jobs, our reputation. Unless we find some great salvation. It's easy to pit one rack one's brain. I'm sure my poor head aches with pain. I've racked it so and all in vain. All for a trap, a trap. Bless us. What's that? Could, could be a rat. Sounds quite mysterious to me. I've no idea what it might be. With the corporation, the mayor sat, looking little, though wondrous fat. Nor brighter was his eye, nor moister than a too-long-opened oyster. Now, mayor, are you positive it couldn't be a rat? Uh, <clears throat> uh, perhaps it's just a pair of shoes uh, scraping on the mat. I, I hope you're really sure of that. Oh, <laughs> Anything like the sound of a rat makes this old heart go pity-pat. Should I... Should I try to find out what it is? Maybe you'd better. I, I can't stand this. <clears throat> come in. The mayor cried, looking bigger. And in did come the strangest figure. His queer long coat, from heel to head, was half of yellow and half of red. And he himself was tall and thin, with sharp blue eyes, each like a pin. And light loose hair, yet swarthy skin, no tuft on cheek nor beard on chin, but lips for smiles went out and in. There was no guessing his kith or kin, and nobody could enough admire the tall man and his quaint attire. It's as though my great-grandsire, starting up at the trump of Doomstone, had walked this way from his painted Doomstone. Who, who is he? Who could he be? I don't know. Just wait and 
seen. I've never seen anyone quite like him. He looks like a man who's very trim. The strange man advanced to the council table. Please, your honors. I am able, by means of a secret charm, to draw all creatures living beneath the sun that creep or swim or fly or run after me, so as you never saw. You are? You mean you really are? By heavens, how we need such power. Hmm. And I chiefly use my charm on creatures that do people harm. The mole and toad and mute and viper. And people call me the Pied Piper. And here they noticed round his neck a scarf of red and yellow stripe to match with his coat of the self-same check. And at the scarf's end hung a pipe. And his fingers, they noticed, were ever straying as if impatient to be playing upon his pipe as low it dangled over his vesture, so old fangled. Yet, poor Piper, as I am, yet, poor Piper, as I am, in tottery, I freed the cham last June from his huge swarms of gnats. In Asia, I ease the nasm of a monstrous brood of vampire bats. He can help us! And as for what your brain bewilders, if I can rid your town of rats, Will you give me a thousand guilders? Rid our town of rats? And you subdued a swarm of nuts? Of all your rats, I leave no trace. I like the piper's honest face. Uh, <clears throat> pray tell us, uh, what would it cost the town to put this plague of vermin down? A thousand guilders. A thousand guilds. One? <laughs> Why, we'll give you fifty thousand. Yes, yes, yes. I'll be content with just a thousand. Piper stepped, smiling first a little smile, as if he knew what magic slept in his quiet pipe the while. Then, like a musical adept, to blow his pipe, his lips he wrinkled, and green and blue his sharp eyes twinkled like a candle flame where salt is sprinkled.
you heard as if an army muttered. And the muttering grew to a grumbling. And the grumbling grew to a mighty rumbling. And out of the houses, the rats came tumbling. Great rats, small rats, lean rats, brawny rats, brown rats, black rats, gray rats, tawny rats, grave old fathers, gay young friskers, fathers, mothers, uncles, cousins, cocking tails and pricking whiskers, families by tens and dozens, brothers, sisters, husbands, wives, followed the piper for their lives. From street to street he piped, advancing, and step for step they followed, dancing, until they came to the river Bather, wherein all plunged and perished. You should have heard the Hamelin people ringing the bells till they rocked the people. <laughs> Go and get long poles. Poke out the nests. Block up the holes. Consult with carpenters and builders. This is worth the thousand builders. Maybe thou art found not the trace of the rat. Now you can safely open your bath. Then suddenly, up in the marketplace, they saw the stern Pied Piper's face. Uh, Miss. Mr. Mayor. Uh, uh, yes, yes. Oh, it's you, Pied Piper. Well, well, well. So glad to see you. <clears throat> Is there anything further that I can do? The Piper bowed a sweeping bow. I'd like my thousand guilders now. Huh? A thousand guilders? Oh, that's absurd. Such a request I've never heard. But, Mr. Mayor... That's the amount I ask for the full completion of my task. But, dear man, a thousand guilders are... Uh, a thousand guilders. And we now have the added expense of builders. A thousand guilders. The mayor looked blue. And so did the corporation, too. For council dinners made rare havoc with claret, moselle, vindegrave, huck... And half the money would replenish their cellar's biggest barrel with Rhenish. To pay this sum to a wandering fellow with gypsy coat of red and yellow. Our business was done at the river's brink. Right. At the river's brink. We saw with our eyes the vermin sink. And what is dead can't come to life. Uh, I think. <laughs> now, friend, we're not the folk to shrink from the duty of giving you something for drink. And as a matter of money to put in your poke. Uh, uh, yes, yes, in your poke. <laughs> uh, but as for the guilders, uh, what we spoke of then, as you well know, was <laughs> in a joke. <laughs> <laughs> in joke, in joke. <laughs> Besides, our losses have made us thrifty. A thousand guilders. Ah. Ah, oh, <laughs> oh, come, now, now, now. Take 50. No trifling. I can't wait. Come, take 50. I've promised to visit by dinner time Baghdad and accept the prime of the head cook's pottage. All he's rich in for having left in the caliph's kitchen of a nest of scorpions, no survivor. 
With him, I prove no bargain driver. Fifty guilders, take it or leave it. You should be glad that you can receive it. You who put me in a passion may find me piped to another fashion. Do you for an instant think that I'll brook being worse treated than a cook? Insulted by a lazy ribald with idle pipe and vester piebald. Folks who put me in a passion may find me piped to another fashion. Eh? You threaten us, fellow? Do your worst. (laughs) Blow your pipe until you burst. Once more, the piper stepped into the street. His actions were careful, his manner discreet. And to his lips again was lain his long, long pipe of smooth, straight cane. And there he blew his second note on the pipe from out his yellow coat... There was a rustling that seemed like a bustling of merry crowds justling at pitching and hustling. Small feet were pattering, wooden shoes clattering, little hands clapping and little tongues chattering. And like fowl on a farmyard when barley is scattering, out came the children running. All the little boys and girls with rosy cheeks and flaxen curls and sparkling eyes and teeth like pearls Tripping and skipping, ran merrily after the wonderful music was shouting and laughter. The mayor was dumb, and the council stood as if they were changed into blocks of wood, unable to move a step or cry to the children merrily skipping by. Would you pay him a thousand guilders now? Or would you rather insist on a row? They could only follow with the eye that joyous crowd at the piper's back and how the mayor was on the rack. Look, look, see where the piper's going? You can see from here how the crowd is growing. Why, he's taking them up to Cobbleberg Hill. Yes. There's my girl in the violet dress with a frill. He can never cross that mighty top. He'll be forced to let his piping drop. Yes, and we'll surely see our children stop. When lo, as they reached the mountainside, a wondrous portal opened wide. as if a cavern was suddenly hollowed, and the piper advanced, and the children followed. And when all were in to the very last, the door in the mountainside shut fast. Alas, alas for Hamelin. The lights in town were very dim. The mayor sent east, west, north, and south. Offer the piper by word of mouth, where'er tis man's lot to find him silver and gold to his heart's content, if he'll only return the way he went. And bring the children behind him.
the boy was lame, they say, and couldn't dance the whole of the way. You've been so sad since that certain day. There, there must be something you want to say. It's dull in town since my playmates left. But aren't you glad you weren't part of the theft? I can't forget that I'm bereft of all the pleasant sights they see, which the piper also promised me. How did he promise you these things? It was deep within his musical rings. He spoke of so many wondrous sights which were all to become our private rights. Well, he led us to a joyous land joining the town. And just at hand were waters gushed and, and fruit trees grew and, and, and flowers put forth a fairer hue. And, and everything was, was strange and, and new. Why, the, the, the sparrows were brighter than peacocks there. And, and their dogs outran our fallow deer. And, and honeybees had lost, lost their, their stings. And, and, and horses were born with eagles' wings. And, and just as I became assured my lame foot would be speedily cured, the music stopped. And I stood still and found myself outside the hill left alone against my will to go on limping as before and never hear of that country more. month has passed, and not a word. No one as yet from the Piper heard. The whole thing is a lost endeavor. Pipers and dancers are gone forever. I want a decree made out today which has the following words to say. Lawyers should never think records dated unless the following is clearly stated. If, after the day and the month and year, these words of mine do not appear. And so long after what happened here on the 22nd of July, 1376... And the better in memory to fix the place of our children's last retreat, we shall call it... I know. The Pied Piper Street. Exactly, gentlemen. The Pied Piper Street. And I can assure you, take my word... By all men, let this now be heard. If anyone here plays pipe or tabor, he's sure for the future to lose his labor. Nor suffer they hostelry or tavern to shock with mirth a street so solemn. But opposite the place of the cavern, they wrote the story on a column. And on the great church window, painted the same, to make the world acquainted how their children were stolen away. And there it stands to this very day. But I must not omit to say that in Transylvania there's a tribe of alien people that ascribe the outlandish ways and dress on which their neighbors lay such stress 
to their fathers and mothers having arisen out of some subterranean prison into which they had been trepanned long time ago in a mighty band out of Hamelin Town in Brunswick Land. But how or why, they don't understand. And so, dear folk, let's not be vipers. Let's clean our slate with men and pipers. And when they drive those rats far from us, if we promise them aught, let's keep our promise. You have heard Robert Browning's poem, The Pied Piper of Hamelin, adapted for Author's Playhouse by Guy DeVries and directed by Mr. Albert Cruz. Mr. Olin Soule was heard as Robert Browning, Mr. Wilms Herbert as the Pied Piper, Mr. Cliff Subir as the mayor, and Mr. Phil Lord played the part of the mayor's first assistant. Others in the cast of Author's Playhouse tonight were Mr. Haskell Coffin, Miss Norma Jean Ross, Miss Charlene Osgood, and Mr. Paul Hughes. The music was arranged and played by Mr. Elwin Owen. Next week, same time, same station, Author's Playhouse will bring you Robert Arthur's amusing story of how a gambler bested the devil at his own game. Satan and Sam Shea.